Welcome to episode 90 of The Local Better. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how are you doing tonight? Ah, uh, not too bad. Played some Call of Duty. Realized that for some reason I've deleted all the conversations in my Google Hangouts. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, no idea when or how I did that, but... <laughs> Whatever works, I guess. But I'm sure it's the most recent Call of Duty also, right? Not something from like 2006 or something. God, how old is Modern Warfare 2? I don't even know. <laughs> it's really old, man. <laughs> I'm sorry I like to play good uh, Call of Duty games. Well, just for reference, 3 came out in 2011, so... Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. It was released worldwide on November 10th, 2009. It's only nine years old. Why'd you have to do 2009, man? Uh, because I was expecting it to be... I started reading it before I said the final thing. <laughs> so I was expecting to be like 2010 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was too late to it. So I was just like, well, we're going to roll with it. And it's going to sound horrendous. Okay. <laughs> just, just stay the course. But Yep. So like... This stuff will be slightly on topic eventually later, but like, we've we've been playing some Call of Duty together, like the Spec Ops stuff, co-op and everything, and man, it just made me realize even more, like, there are not enough good co-op games out there. There is not. I'm still of the opinion that every single game should be made co-op, and I don't care what it is. <laughs> like, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as a justification. Because okay. a lot of a lot of things are like, well, you, you know, like anyone who's like, you can't do co-op because it ruins the story. That is utter and complete bullshit. Yeah, I disagree with that one. Because even if your story is literally like you are the sole survivor of like some crazy shit. Every Halo game is literally about just the Master Chief by himself mm-hmm. doing shit. And every Halo game has a co-op ca- main story campaign. And they just, like, in any cutscene, they just pretend the second Spartan doesn't exist. That's all they do. Yeah. And, like, they do that in, even in the Halo ODST, where it's literally the one rookie, you can co-op that shit. But it's only the one rookie. So, like, and, what? like, if you're, if you're like, of the opinion, like, oh, it would, you know, maybe it wouldn't work in, like, some horror games, like Alien Isolation... I also don't think that's really a legit excuse because we'll kind of get into that later. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe in some, maybe it would ruin like the actual like impact of scary shit, but I don't think it would impact things as much as people think it would. And just working together through shit is great. Uh, so here's the deal. Like, like, all right, we're just, we're just basically getting on topic now, but we're just, we'll just go with this. Cause I gotta say, it. so experiencing things with people is way more fun than experiencing things alone for the most part. Yes. Like, which is, which is saying something coming from you. Cause you've actively admitted that you prefer to not associate with people. Sometimes I really, really do. I really, really do. Like, like, as I said, like I've been playing a lot of fallout four lately and guess what I do? I sit around and build houses mm-hmm. and like collect garbage and turn that garbage into other garbage. Like, and I enjoy that. Like I, I really, really do enjoy that. But there is something about doing something with another person that just makes it infinitely better. Like one of my one of my fondest memories 
as um, a kid. Like, so my favorite game console ever is the Super Nintendo. And I played a lot of Super Nintendo games. I played some of the great Super Nintendo games. Like, you know, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, uh... Donkey Kong, the whole Donkey Kong Country series, Earthbound, uh, Secret of Mana, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Like, those are all great games. Like, my favorite experience on that thing, period, is playing Secret of Mana with my brother. Like, I, I, it's just so nostalgic even thinking about that for me, just because of that shared experience to some degree and doing it with somebody. Like, recent or not i guess actually it's been a long time now but me and my wife played through mist together Mm -hmm. which is not designed to be a co-op game (laughs) no (laughs) it's it's just a puzzle game and we played through that together and that was so much fun yeah like i i rarely play games by myself basically like Mm -hmm. The only times I really play games by myself is when I randomly feel the urge to play a shooter by myself, hence the playing of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, very rare for me to be like, you know, I feel like even games like the Elder Scroll games and stuff like that, like, I don't play them that much, even though I know that, like, they're very much games where you can just kind of, like, do whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't enjoy the solo experience of them anymore. Yeah. And it's just because, like, I, for me, gaming is just us should be a social thing for me at this point. Yeah. Like, that's just what I enjoy out of it. Yeah. And, like, the funny thing is, some games, like, like I need, I think me more so than you to some degree, I need my alone time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I really, really do, I've found. Um, I get and, plenty of that for work, from work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my job is literally managing people. So um, I don't. Um, but, like, so being able to go into my own little virtual world is kind of nice. But, like, there's a lot of games that, like, even though they're single things, like, uh, like To the Moon and Undertale. Both of those are single-player games, have no co-op experience. But when I played those games and got to experience them, the first thing I wanted to do was have somebody else play it so I could ex- so I could share experiences with them. Yeah, that's another thing, like, that's another thing that a lot of people do, where, like, that's even something that happened a lot in, like, in, for me, the Elder Scroll games, where it's, like, yeah. you play through them, and then you talk about them with someone at work to see what you've both been doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're still sharing your various experiences, like, the weird shit that you did, right? Like, yeah. anything involving Shao Gorath. Yeah. <laughs> Cat, or dogs raining from the sky and shit like that, right? Flaming dogs raining from oh, yeah. the sky. I mean, like... Part of the reason that like I enjoyed speedrunning Skyrim was because I could talk about it then. Yep. Like, you know, it's fun like being like, yeah, I got to fly on a bucket, you know? <laughs> yeah, like well, or just even talking about it, it's like, yeah, you know, I beat my time by this amount and like being able to go over it with somebody. It's it's very, very similar to our Pokemon race. Oh yeah. Where it's like though Pokemon is one hundred percent a single player game. Yep. Like you most of the time where you're like you know if you have like stories about pokemon it's not stories about your playing of pokemon because let's be honest everyone plays pokemon basically the same way yeah but you know you talk you know like the thing about pokemon is like talking about like your preferred pokemon stuff like that but like when we played through that rom together you know even though we were competing and we weren't in the same game 
we still shared the experience of mm-hmm. the random bullshit that happened to both of us. Which was fun. Yeah. But so I mean like so this this sounds super, super, super off topic, but it is actually closer to our main topic than we probably want to admit. Um <laughs> so um today we're actually sure. gonna be talking about this exact thing. Uh, teamwork we're, we're going with the title teamwork here but you know collaboration shared experience that kind of thing so um yeah john, when, john you kind of came up with this why don't you just kind of introduce what you're like how, how this came to be i guess a little bit <laughs> even though we kind of did all right so basically what was it thursday morning or some shit sure i just randomly got the thought of like as you know, Fletcher had mentioned, we had been playing a lot of Spec Op missions together on Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And it just got to the point, like, it feels really, really good when we finally beat um, when we finally beat one of the Spec Op missions. That like, <laughs> some, some of them are literally a sigh of relief that we never have to encounter it ever again. Mm-hmm. But other, other times, it's like, you just... It felt really, really good when we finally beat it. Like, uh forever ago me and when me and fletcher started playing this stuff we actually stopped for a long time yeah uh we were grinding like the missions stay sharp and something else uh yeah which are the training missions basically yeah they're like they're just training missions they're supposed to like you know make sure that you as i said stay sharp and like you get a basic premise of what the game is like and me and fletcher grinded those two missions until we three start them (laughs) and like all that came down to is just like working together and the co-op aspect of like we have to clear this in a certain amount of time yeah and you have to do it fast yeah and you have to do it fast so you're you're like you cannot three-star it with two people with one person doing all the work yep like it does not work because it is a matter of milliseconds i swear to god (laughs) yeah and it got me thinking about how like you know a lot of that like the teamwork aspect of that, and like the working together aspect of that, like it just feels really, really good when you succeed in that manner. And then I literally asked Fletcher, like, have we done an episode on teamwork yet in Magic? And if not, I have a bonus episode we can talk about. <laughs> and then I decided to make it a real episode. Yeah. But I think this is a really important thing to talk about and everything. Like, I think Magic, magic is weird. <laughs> Like, it's such a weird yes. game. Um, but, so, most people view it as a, as a solo endeavor. And... They're not wrong. They're, they're not wrong. Like, you, you're playing your own game. But the funny thing, it, the funny thing is, is that people view it in one way, when in reality it is, it is, it is an incredibly social game. Yes. Like, it's like tabletop role-playing games, too. People think that, like, it's, you know antisocial nerds who can't talk to people when in reality it's a game about communication and collaboration but um (laughs) it's literally the exact opposite because you have to talk to each other Mm -hmm. but yeah like you know people view magic as like a solo game like you you build your deck and you train with it and you get super good and then you go and play and beat beat people with it and like that's all your own experience and that's how some people do it but I feel like, I mean, even if you look at the professional scene too and everything, like teams are a big part of that. And yeah, like one of the reasons that I've stayed hooked into magic besides doing a podcast is, um, <laughs> is, is me and you are a team basically. 
you know pretty much like in, in our own way like like we're very very collaborative about how we handle our magic stuff basically at least when i'm involved like when you yeah. when you're i mean you even ask me stuff if i'm not involved with with it too sometimes like just to get other opinions and everything but yeah like that that ability for us to communicate about things and discuss things and you know share our victories and share our losses really goes a long way like and i think it helps make the game the the entire experience better for us and makes us better players it absolutely does like i i've said this before and it's it this very much plays into my philosophy behind magic where i think new people are important and i think like I can be very, very blunt with people when I think that they are doing something that is detrimental Mm -hmm. because I want them to not do it because I want other people to succeed because I cannot personally get better as a magic player if I'm not playing against other people who are themselves getting better. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to hit that plateau where it's like, well, I'm the end boss at my store, right? Like, that's not what I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to keep climbing. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to be better than everyone else at my store because that is literally my goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like being the best person I can in the theater that I'm given, as it were. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't want to just be the best player. I want to get everyone else around me to get better so I can myself keep improving. Yeah. You want to be the best player, but you also want the people around you to try to be the best player as well and overcome you so you have to overcome as well and and keep raising that bar. Yeah, I don't want to grow complacent with what I with what I've done or what I am as a magic player. Like my goal is improvements constantly in the game. Yeah. And like I have slowed down in that regard, but I'd like to personally think that I have not stopped and mm-hmm. I would like to not stop. Yeah. You know, no, I totally agree. Like, uh, you know, and having people working with you with similar goals can help push that bar forward and everything too. Exactly. Like it's a, pretty much everything outside of my two invitational wins, mm-hmm. the best experiences I have ever had in Magic have involved standing around a table or sitting in the in the cab of a pickup just talking about decks. Yeah. Right? Like I I enjoy the co-op or co-op nature of like deck building and deck construction and stuff like that like the actual playing of a game of magic don't get me wrong when i when i win i feel good about it mm-hmm. but but like i have i felt really really happy when i won my invitationals but the actual feeling of joy that i've gotten out has actually lasted longer when it comes to like the sitting around a table and talking about magic with people thing mm-hmm. and like that's just because of like how people are wired yeah like we're we're communal creatures by nature like that's just (laughs) you know how it is 
like humans are naturally empathetic. That's mm-hmm. why being a sociopath is considered an abnormal and slash bad thing, even though they do have their uses. <laughs> um, like you're naturally supposed to be empathetic, if not sympathetic with people. You're supposed mm-hmm. to feed off of other people's emotions. And that's why like that's why mob mentality is a thing where oh, yeah. like if you are around a group of people, you are naturally going to absorb the emotions of those people and vice versa. And as a result of that, emotion, emotional states will increase just by being around people who are of the same emotional state. Like you will literally mm-hmm. feed off of each other and you will be happier than you would be if you were, you know, by yourself. And, you know, any emotion will be um, increased just by being around people who are of the same emotional state as you yeah. just because that's how we are wired as people. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. It's like, you know, when you're, when you're doing this stuff together as a team, you, you almost win as a team to some degree, it feels like. Absolutely. And when you lose, you, you lose as a team, but that loss almost is like spread out over the team and it, it hurts a little less like, you know? Yeah. But. Like, oh, I honestly feel more, I, I feel worse when I, 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 I'm not bothered by the fact I lost when I lose when I'm in a team. I feel more the like maybe I might have let down my teammate due to something, Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's also, you know, I'm also very, very selective about my teammates. And I know that none of my teammates will hold any of that shit against me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you know, just like you said, like, you know the you like along the lines of like doing something in team is like we mentioned it before in regards to you specifically mm-hmm. like me and you me and you specifically like when i help you build decks and stuff like i am basically living vicariously through you oh yeah and like i greatly enjoy when you win with something that i gave you mm-hmm. cuz it just feels good <laughs> it it really does like it I don't know like it's it, it's it's hard to even explain you know like when when you put in that work together and everything and see people succeed with your effort you know to some degree mm-hmm. like it's just I don't know it feels super good but and like yeah I don't know like that's always one of the things that I've I've enjoyed and like I can see like you know when I do well with something that we worked on together, like it makes you happy. Like, yeah, I, I, I've, I don't know if I've ever said this Mm -hmm. on podcast, but I am very, very, very bad at sympathy. (laughs) I do not feel sympathetic towards most people for most things. It's just due to who I am and what I've been through. That's just not something I feel. Yeah. I am ridiculous ridiculously good at empathy i'm kind of in the same boat actually yeah like i i very much can i will i've i've referred to myself as an emotional chameleon before where like and not even on the outside like literally on the inside my emotions will become that of those around me which is why i tend to i try to be around people who have very similar like mindsets about things as me which because then you know i like to stay grounded as it were Mm -hmm. but it's like 
when someone wins with something I've gave them, like they feel good and I feel good and they know that I feel good. So they feel better and I feel better because they feel better. It's like it just it's <laughs> you don't need antidepressants <laughs> if you're just around people and you just absorb their emotions. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Like, it just works. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And like, it just, it does feel so ridiculously good when I'm just like, here, have an infect deck, play it, or here, have this deck, or like any of that stuff. And it's like, oh, C Fletcher crushed and 4 0 and I went like, oh, and two. This feels great. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. I, I, that's just one of the things. Like, I just love that. Yeah, that uh, that being able to to share with people in that way. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, like that's some of the emotional, you know, bonuses of it too. But like, there's just tactical bonuses to it as well, as we said. Like, absolutely. Like just having more people thinking about a problem is goes a huge distance. Yeah, like. There, there. It is a well-known fact that multiple minds work better than fewer. Like for than fewer minds. Like there is a cap to this. Actually, uh, once you get to a certain point, you actually get diminishing returns, and people are actually dumber in larger groups. Hence, mob mentality. Yeah. But like once you, you know, there two minds will almost always think better than one mind. Because even if like. You can have one person who doesn't know what they're talking about, and one who's very knowledgeable what they're talking about. Just having a sounding board matters. Oh yeah, like, like when you're asking me about stuff, I don't assume that you're coming to me looking for an expert opinion. Like, like depends on the format. Fair. <laughs> like you know, if you need that sick pack for a strategy, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like, but I mean, usually if you're coming to me, you're looking to echo to, to talk to somebody and get. And to see if I, I see something you didn't see or or per, in perceiving something in a different way and everything to make you think about the problem in a different way. Like, yeah, and that, that's huge in a lot of cases. Like, even if you don't agree with me in the end, you at least understand why you made your decision better. Exactly. Like, even if it's literally just an echo chamber, mm -hmm. hearing your own thoughts back to you will give you a different perspective on your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, one of the re big reasons why I do talk to you is because, like, you're rarely an echo chamber. You will have an opinion even if I don't agree with it. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not and afraid like, to disagree with you. No, and that's a good thing, right? Because then I have to justify my opinion mm -hmm. to you. I mean, and you're like, usually right with that, I'm going to say. Like, and that's fine, you know. Like, it, but it, but at least you have to understand why you think what you think and and put it into words. Yeah, and, like, that, that in and of itself is insanely valuable because... If I have to, if if I can't explain why I think I'm right, I have no justification for thinking that I'm right. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's just how my that is how my that is how the blue part of my mind works. I like you know the burden of proof is on me to explain why I'm, I am right. And like there are things that you know like it is not unheard of for me. Like I can be stuck on something. Like I wasn't sure about the. Um, black white two-headed giant deck that I was building that was like vampires based. Yep. And like I showed it to you, I'm like, what is your opinion on this? Because like I felt like the deck was missing something. Mm -hmm. And you came up with the idea of like, why not just go complete ham on trying to make as many tokens as possible? Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, that seems sweet. Let's do that. And like, you know, we only wound up going one and two for the two-headed giant thing. Me and Robert, that is. Mm -hmm. 
you yourself didn't plan it, but like I don't think that was as a result of like the deck, like the philosophy behind the deck being wrong. I think that was just me not fully appreciating what the format was going to be like. Yeah, and that could be it. Like I, and it, that's one of those things too, where it's like I think I said something, and maybe my, maybe the decision saying oh go all in on the tokens and stuff like that was wrong, but I think my opinion of going all in on something was correct. Yes. Like, like that's the part I stand behind more than anything. But let's be honest, your opinion on basically everything consists of go all in on it. <laughs> I, as I said in that whole conversation, like I am, I am totally okay committing and going all in on something. And yeah. I think people need to be brave enough to do that more than they are. But. Yeah, like. That's the one thing that you are very, very good at, and that's a reason why we are very selective over who's doing what missions in, or who's doing what part of what missions in Call of Duty, yeah. where you are very much willing to just go for it and hope things go well. Oh yeah, I'm willing to take risks and go by the seat of my pants a little bit more. As to, I'm, I'm much more precise in how I do things, yeah. and like, which is really funny because you have the red. Yes. <laughs> But okay. I mean, I read and the blue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just like being accurate with things. Yeah. But the thing is, like, that actually plays very, very well into us playing co-op games yep. together, <laughs> because you know we both have a very specific niche that we're very good at. Yep. Like, as you as you say, like you're a big fan of the point and click method of sniping. Oh yeah. Like, give you a fifty cal and you're happy. Point me there. But as soon. Yep. As soon as it's just like an army of dudes running at both of us, you want to be running around with an AK. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'll use whatever I got. I'm sitting there. I'm single clicking my fully automatic weapon. So I'm basically firing at single shot and you're just going crazy. Yeah. And we cover each other really well in that regard. Well, it's like you draw a lot of fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the, to go with the, what was the, um, the, the quote, the quote I heard was, um, uh, actually, uh, in relation to marriage, but um, uh, it works with a lot of endeavors too and stuff like that. Which is um, uh, if both of you or if both of you are exactly life, then one of you is redundant. So, <laughs> like, you, you know, you're not you're not putting these these groups like you know magic, whatever these people together with these skills and stuff to be identical and do that. You're you're putting people together with different sets of skills to augment each other and fill in gaps. So. I mean, and that works with a mat, you know, with, you know, with the magic stuff too, and everything. Like being able to, you know, one person stronger in one way has a different opinion of something in another way, and having those conflicting views and everything really does help push things forward. Absolutely. Like, don't get me wrong. If you have like two control masterminds like sitting down together, they're going to have a really, really good opinion on how to build a control deck, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be like their minds just aren't going to work in such a manner to allow them to really test it out. No. Like, you know, like you need the people who are, you know, you need like the mono red players and stuff like that, who are just going to have like a different opinion on how something could be done. Not necessarily yeah. should be done, just could. But yeah, I mean, just imagine the two control players sitting down and being like, okay, here's our control set. We're set here. Like, whereas if you have a control player and a, uh, an aggro player and they sit down and they're working on a control deck, and the control player is like, all right, I got this. And the control player is like, yeah, okay, but what's this doing here? Like, if I'm playing an aggro deck against you, I don't give a crap about that. 
Yeah. That doesn't do what you think it's supposed to do. Like you getting those perspectives is really, really big. Like, and that's one of the, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the reasons we advocate playing, if we, if you can playing lots of decks and understanding, so you can understand a format. So you realize what's important against you as you know, against you and what's important in your deck from that opposites opposite view. Yeah, that's that, you know, it's, as you said, it's another one of those reasons why I'm really, really against the whole philosophy of I am a this type of deck specialist. Oh, yeah. Like, specialization is bad, especially if you are not someone who does things in a group. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, I do not consider myself to be a specialist of any particular type. Mm-hmm. I think I have a really good mind for control decks and combo decks and aggro decks. Mm-hmm. And I think I can play a mid-range deck relatively well, as shown by Snake. Yeah, but Snake was basically a combo deck. Snake so was kind of a combo deck, like it was like <laughs> a mid-range combo deck. Yeah, it's a combo deck in the sense that like Heroic was a combo deck too. Yeah, but but it's like I I intentionally do not limit myself because I like keeping an open mind mm-hmm. about things, and I like you know a large you know a lot of my my particular friend group who plays magic ide like we all have our own little niches that like we excel in that but we're most of us are able to play almost yeah. anything mm-hmm. and, and I mean, you know like i'm sorry well i was saying like we can play off of each other in regards to like mm-hmm. what is your opinion on this and this and this because everyone does have a different opinion on stuff which is super useful oh yeah and that that's very very strong like i as i was gonna say i agree wholeheartedly with that like you know, from the being able to come at the the problem with those perspectives, just it, it just makes you able to solve the problem faster and more efficiently. Yeah, like I I I don't know what else to say besides just like you know the whole multiple perspectives. Perspective is just so useful. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> like so. You know, we, we we've talked about this. There's like tactical decisions. There's like a lot. There's a lot of emotional benefit to it, like just you know being empathic and stuff like that. Like, I, I just to, to go back to that a little bit. Like, you know, one of the best things about playing something or like being on a team with people is, is it's just a shitload of fun. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, I like playing Magic. Like. I hop on arena, I play some games. It's a good time and stuff like that. Most of the time, like I get bad games on arena and I get frustrated and stop. But you know what is always fun when you hop on discord, we play games together. Even if I'm having a shitty game, it's awesome. Like <laughs> it is so much fun. Like the highs are just that much more high. The lows aren't as bad. And it's just like, it's just so, it's just so much fun. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> I I basically log on to Arena, like, once a week. Mm-hmm. Like, I do it so little. Yeah. And, like, every once in a while, like, you know, like, if I don't go to Magic, I'll log on and do some quests and stuff and like that. But, like, a large part of playing Magic for me is the social aspect. Where, like, I really, really enjoy Magic. Yep. I have, you know, a couple hundred dollars on Magic Online. I haven't logged on to Magic Online in over a year. Yeah. Like, I haven't logged on to Magic Online since I last streamed. Which has been a while. Which, that was Amonkhet draft. Yeah. So. Been a day or two. <laughs> it's been a little while. 
And speak and like a large part of that is because like I just don't enjoy doing stuff solo. Yeah. But like as you said, like hopping on the Discord and watching you play magic is like I that is something that I very, very much enjoy. Like, you know, any when we when they finally put the um the direct challenge in like we just sat here for like an hour and a half, just repeatedly ch- challenging each other yeah. with both good and bad decks. It's fun, like yeah, like ah, uh, so good. Plus, the called shots are absolutely freaking phenomenal when we get those. But <laughs> when I get those, yeah, and you draw them, <laughs> as we said, just... if we could just combine your skill and my luck, we're set. <laughs> You'd be a pro tour champion, pretty, pretty much, I guess. <laughs> My luck would get us there for sure, but so we just need like a we need like a sim rig thing where it's like basically like your glasses are like to a camera that I can see, and we have like an implant in your brain so you can hear me talking, and I'll just like talk you through everything, and then eventually you're gonna get like a judge call on you because someone will hear a cackling from inside your skull after you top deck something. Uh... <laughs> And it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it's I don't know, it's so good. I just love doing that on arena. Like, I I look forward to that more than playing alone by far. Like, yeah, and, and I don't know, it's just good. Like, it's it's just really crazy to think back. Like, all the like, you know since I started playing magic, like really seriously and everything or air quotes really seriously, more seriously than I had been, but like, and like actually going places and competing a little bit and everything. Um, like all the, all the memories that like stick out in my head of the good ones are happened with somebody else. Like it's because I was doing things with people, mostly you because you're usually around, but, uh, (laughs) but like all those things are, the things that stick out in my mind like it's just i don't know it's just always i know i would not be i never would have gotten started to playing with other people if it wasn't for like us working together and i know i i know for a fact i never would have stuck with it yeah you you probably would have done the same thing you do when you first started playing magic where it's like you play for a little while yeah. and you're like well that was fun and then you're just done yeah. right like yeah like playing having a friend group who plays magic is why a lot of people play magic. Oh yeah. Like it's how they get into it. It's why they stay into it because you know, it's like magic is a fabulous game. Magic is one of the best games ever. Yeah. But if it was literally just like sitting in front of your computer, playing it by yourself, it would not have the same pull to it. Mm -hmm. Like that's in regards to a lot of people who are like, you know, like people, Aaron Forsyth literally needed to make a Twitter post recently where he's like, don't worry guys, paper magic is not going anywhere. It's going to be around. It's going to, you know, I hope it's going to be around forever Mm -hmm. because people are of the opinion that they're going to kill paper magic and just go completely digital on arena. And see, I don't see that happening like that. Like it's magic. It literally can't. Yeah. Like magic's greatest strength is it's, is that you physically sit down across from somebody most of the time. Like yeah, that's that's huge. You know, it is 
ridiculously important yeah. to the success of the game. Like the, by the fact that like you sit down and you create a connection with someone. Uh-huh. Like even if you don't wind up liking that person, you still made a connection with them. Yeah. And emotional connections are what keep you in things. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like um uh, Rosewater talked about. Uh, he's he's at one of the like game conventions or something. It was like a a list of like the top fifty games. I don't remember what it was recorded by, but it was basically forty nine computer games and magic. Like mm-hmm. and that, I, I think that really shows something like how how much that interpersonal connection matters. Like that's what's keeping magic yeah. in the forefront. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's. We, you know, we're, we're a podcast about local play, like, and being part of a local store. And I think something like, even if you aren't, even if you aren't like a air quotes, formalized team or anything like that, having people at your store that you talk, that you connect with and talk, you know, talk with about magic and, you know, collaborate to, to, to excel and everything like that, or even just collaborate to have fun, like, that's what's that's what makes magic that's what makes your game store that's what makes this whole experience and i mean if nothing else that's kind of what we point like that's what we point to a lot on this podcast like that whole you know collaborative effort to make magic something more if that makes sense yeah like magic is not just about winning even though i'm a spike yeah you know, magic is not just about, you know, trying to become the best I possibly can. Like, so, so, so many times, like, I've gotten done with work on Friday and I just don't want to go to magic because, like, I don't feel like playing. I'm like, I know that once I get there, I'm going to enjoy playing. But, like, my mind and my heart just is not in it. I just kind of want to lay in bed and take a nap. <laughs> you know, that is something that, you know, happens to me on the regular. And I go because I love the times like in between rounds and after magic when I go with my friends to McDonald's and BS for an hour. Yeah. Like I would not have met those friends if it, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. magic. You know, one of said friends, Robert, the guy I mentioned earlier, like he literally drives an hour every single Friday just to come play FNM and then drives an hour back yeah. home. If like unless the roads are literally going to kill him, he does not miss Evan. Yeah, which they literally can in this area. So. <laughs> they they absolutely can. So, be safe. Be especially safe, Robert, that, please. that. Yeah, especially that goddamn highway. That highway is so bad for some stretches. Yeah. I should know. I drive on it four times a yeah. week. <laughs> but yeah, I know that's like a really I, long-winded way of saying all this and everything. But it's just I don't know, like. It's really funny because, like, I don't think we've consolidated a lot of this stuff together, really. But it, this is kind of all stuff that we have said. We we we've been weaving into everything we've said for the last eighty nine episodes. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like, I I would really encourage people to put something together and you know chat with like chat with people even if, you know even if it is just about magic like me and you obviously we're good friends we have been for a long time and magic is just yep. one of the one of the things we talk about even if we talk about it a lot 
but like even just having like a chat where you you know you can throw kick stuff back and forth um about magic or whatever post post the coolest new spoiler and argue about it and everything like you know argue compare uh Compare Sarah Angel to Avison the Purifier in regards to porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a legitimate conversation that we've had with another friend of ours in our We chat. had some off-the-rails conversations before, <laughs> but... Uh... Yep. Okay. But... In, case, in case you're wondering, Sarah Angel is basically Marilyn Monroe. And Avison is the porn star. Okay, I don't like. I don't remember how that conversation ended up, but it was pretty. I think uh, that was basically his final point that he made, okay. and we're just both like, "This is the most ridiculous conversation we've ever oh, had about." It cannot. Cards. It cannot be the most ridiculous conversation we have had about cards. Uh, it's it's pretty far up there okay, for me. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but I don't know. Yeah, but it's like it's just one of those things. Like that was a fabulous conversation. It was co- ridiculously off the rails, mm-hmm. but it was fun, right? Like yeah. we would not have had that conversation if it wasn't for magic. Yeah, we would not have had the conversation if it wasn't for the fact that like magic gave us that connection mm-hmm. to even want to make that chat in the first yeah. place. Like it, you know, and there's a lot of crazy stuff that you can kick back and forth that that's probably better than that exact topic but like it's still it's you know a lot of those have been really good like i mean even the ones that like i i get i get a kick out of it i know you probably just get a get less of a kick out of it but i love i love everyone so posting the custom cards from the custom magic subreddit and getting your opinion on them <laughs> which usually consists of what the hell is wrong with this person usually yeah <laughs> like it in what universe is this a reasonable magic card? This is so broken. <laughs> uh, literally spawned an episode, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but see, and here's the funny thing about it too is is that you're coming at it from a very specific angle too, like because yep. of our differences. You're very much looking at it as like, how good is this card? Like, yeah, for the most part. And me, a lot of times, I'm looking at it, I'm like. I'm like, this card, I don't care how good it is. I like the design of it. I like how the pieces fit together. Like, or something like that. You know, like, it's, it's really funny how we, how we, we both look, we look at the cards in different, different ways to some degree, but. Every once in a while, like, your perception will rub off on me. And I'm just like, is the templating even make sense on this? (laughs) And you have to explain to me how it does. And I'm just like, well, what about tracking? And I don't know. It's funny because we do we do appreciate some of the same stuff to some degree, too. Like, I think both of us appreciate simplicity to some degree. That's that's all I want. Like, I love complicated magic decks. Mm -hmm. I like cards that you read once and you understand what they do. Yeah. Right. Like, I want my complexity to be in the game. Mm -hmm not in trying to understand what it says yeah, yeah that's why like uh, uh, i i think i i kicked it past you like the the one uh custom magic contest i actually entered like and mm. i still feel like you know obviously i'm a little biased but like i'm like i really liked my design a lot like and i think it was better because it was the um uh, 
the uh, it was make a land that does not tap for mana. Yeah, and like me, and like part of it's make it balanced and stuff like that. And like most of the stuff out there was like legendary lands that are basically spells that do insane things, and like the you know like and I think something like that kind of one. And like mine was literally like a land that was tap discard a card. Yeah, like, and I think me and you like sat there thinking we we're like, how good is this card? Like, like can you like you know and like kicking back and forth like like that single line of text on that single card, and we're and like it spawned a significant amount of discussion. Yeah, I don't remember what card wound up winning, but I remember being really like, I'm like, this card is kind of bland. Yeah. Like, I didn't like, I didn't like the design. I didn't like the approach the person went through. Like, I, I, once again, I'm probably biased because you're my friend, yeah. but I really liked your design because it was simple and it resulted in a lot of thought provoking, like, yeah. concepts. Like, how good is forcing yourself to discard a card with literally no upside? Yep. Like, I mean, because we've, I mean, we literally talked about free discard outlets and stuff like that, but like, yeah. Like, and that was the whole question. Like, and, and see, me and you, really appreciate that kind of thing like we yeah. love we love cards like you know we love effects and stuff like that and a lot of the effects that i ask you about are effects that kind of look like that in some ways like you know when, whenever we're looking at that thing but you do ask me about a lot of discard effects because discard is one of those things that has a lot of hidden power to it yeah like, like i don't i don't fully understand it like i know discard free discard outlets are can be really good and like that's you know trying to figure that out is something that's difficult for me and you process it far better than me i don't process power level very well so like you know like i i don't look at faithless looting and see brainstorm <laughs> like what it is um i look at faithless so here's the thing i don't look at faithless looting and see you, brainstorm you see ancestral recall <laughs> No, I look at Faithless Looting and I see one red mana draw two, get three free lotus or black lotus or black lotuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's like, oh, I get to cast all these spells for one mana instead of four. That's sweet. sweet. Let's just do this. But so that's what Faithless Looting is to me. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, like we're getting way off the rails here and stuff like that. But it's like, just maybe it's just examples of like how. Our different perceptions and stuff can kind of like, you know, we're able to use those like our different perceptions and different levels of knowledge to like attack these different places, you know. Yeah. Degree. Like I don't know. I find it incredibly interesting because part of my job, I guess, is dealing with <laughs> with people and things like this and everything like that. But I don't know. It's well, it you know, it is very much one of those things where like in a work environment, you want to put people in places that their strengths are going to be the most useful yep. like and you want to balance out people's strengths and weaknesses where they cover each yeah. other the exact same thing applies to like you know, to like forming a magic team mm -hmm. or a group of people to talk about yep. magic where you don't want just you know everyone there to be like i love playing black green and let's just talk about black green like <laughs> you need people to approach it from a different direction yep. Yeah, even if that different direction is black green is boring as shit. Why are you playing? Yeah, it? like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Looking at all those, all those pieces and everything, and uh, being able to put in the work on a problem and all that. Like, it, you know, we haven't mentioned it enough lately, so we'll mention it again and stuff. But like, 
all of our work that we put in on unexpected results. Like I, yep. who knows how high the reward was on that one, but like, but like, think about how For much you. Lots. I don't know about that, but think about how much we learned just in general. Like I, I'm sure you you learned something through that whole process. Yeah, like the like having to approach deck building from that perspective is just it's it's not something anyone has to do for literally any other deck. Yeah. Like yeah. because of the variance to yeah. it, like you know. There is a certain number of cards like we can't cut down beyond this card without putting in another card with the same effect because we can't have too many blanks. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, and you know that, and that is something that does apply to when it comes to like building a combo yeah. deck. Like, you need a certain number of hits in your reanimator. Oh deck. yeah, you need a certain number of enablers in your dredge deck and stuff like that, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people look at a dredge deck and they're like, well, all these. All these dredge cards are automatic floros because yada yada yada. It's like, it's like yes, but like, do you know why they have to be automatic? Yeah, floros? there's like there's reasons like, behind that. Like when you when you look at the the unexpected results deck, I mean, it's it's funny because you always came, you know, you're the power level angle on that stuff like that. You're looking at all these pieces to make sure that the pieces fit, and I kind of had the, I, I, I was a lot more of the suggestion and stuff like that to some degree, like. You know, mm -hmm. looking for different tools and everything that we could include and stuff like that. Like when we hit the blast of genius angle and stuff like that, when I saw that and, and threw that out, it was like doors were opened. Like, but blast of genius is probably like the best discovery for that deck. Yeah, ever. like the fact that we like just somebody else suggested it actually, but that that we came across that eventually was just like huge. Well, because it's both a payoff, yep, and an enabler, and that's the important thing. Like. Because originally we were playing CD Unwritten as a way of like cheating Emrakuls and shit in yep. the play. Because C but CD Unwritten was just like it could brick, and that was the yeah. issue. And Blast of Genius Almost. could just nug your opponent for fifteen, because it like one of the things about the deck is you're always going to draw cards you don't want to draw. Oh, yeah. Like that is just the problem of playing that mm -hmm. deck. Blast of Genius fixes that problem. Yeah. And it's a really good hit off unexpected, and it's a really you can just hard cast the card yep. itself. Like that is so important. Like I like I've had games where I do that. Like you're just like, I mean, and it's in modern. People are already down to fifteen life, and you're yeah. just like, yeah, we we dirtled around long enough. Got to six mana. I got to six mana because I am playing s stupid, crappy ramp cards, and it's like, blast of genius, draw three, pitch an ever cooled nuggy for fifteen. Like you die. <laughs> Yeah, if your opponent goes fetch shock thoughtseize, it's like all right, a top deck blast of genius is yeah. lethal. Sweet, like, but yeah, like be it, and that's that, and that's the cool combo is like being it. You know, you coming from the power angle, I mean, looking for some of these things. Like you know, we found blast of genius. We found cathartic reunion. We found uh, Megas of the vineyard. <laughs> like that was that's probably the second most important find in the deck. Being able to go off on turn two instead of turn three. Yeah, yeah, it's also punishing, but. Eh, depends on your opponent. <laughs> it's also really funny because everybody has to read the card. Yep. But, you know, and... Just don't forget to announce your trigger. Yeah, exactly. On your opponent's first main phase. I usually do. I'm like... <laughs> but, um, uh... They, they usually don't want to forget that one either. Um, but, yeah, like, being able to just... Both of us take our different angles and just start smashing on it and looking at it. Like, we... I think we built a pretty damn good deck for the constraints we put on ourselves. 
Yes. Like, well, the constraints you put on us. Yeah, fair enough. Whatever. The constraints we had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is unexpected results is the card we're playing. But Yeah. So, I don't know. Long-winded way of saying that like working as a team is really sweet and it's awesome. <laughs> it just it brings us large amount of like joy to magic. It really does. Like I there there's a reason why I will never forget building that blue white heroic deck. <laughs> that was such like, a, yeah, me too. I regularly forget the deck that I was playing when I won my first invitational. <laughs> or sorry, when I taught when I made the finals the first time at the invitational. Yeah. I remember the deck I was playing when I won my first invitational and the deck I was playing when I won my second invitational. Yep. I remember my opponent in both of them. I remember the exact moment my opponent realized they were dead in both of those. Like yeah. those are those are memories that stick with me because they've made me very, very happy. Yep. I cannot really tell you much that happened beyond like the last turn in both of those games yeah right like i can tell you a ridiculously large amount of bullshit that we talked about when we built that blue white heroic deck we spent so much time on that thing like i re- i can you know i remember when we were sitting in the cab of that pickup waiting for a goddamn never-ending train to pass twice oh yeah both ways like i was wondering what what truck cab you were talking about and i'm like what the the birth of abzan angels (laughs) yep the birth of abzan angels where i'm just sitting there like man i feel like i'm like i think one of these two is better and i really want to play vraska yeah (laughs) and we just started kicking stuff around and then like that night you had a deck built yep i literally (laughs) went home and built it in an hour and a half uh you know, like, I remember stuff like that. I remember the, sh- like, I remember, like, when the first time you mentioned Blast of Genius, and it just, like, hit me. And it's like, this changes so much. Yeah, it changes like, so much. <laughs> I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but it changes so much. <laughs> it's like, that's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I remember the collaborative moments just as much as I remember my individual successes. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. It is, yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to forget my individual successes because it is why I play Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm also not going to forget the collaborative efforts because they're why I still play Magic. Yeah. (laughs) I think we've waxed poetically long enough on this one probably uh, we're a little all over the place on this one we kind of were i I mean we didn't know where we were gonna go on this one and stuff but like i don't know i think it's i think we always need to remember that like that's that this is kind of what magic is all about and stuff like that especially like from our perspective of being being the local player like you're a member of a community at that point and you know this is just another way you can be part of that. Like these efforts are just ways you can be part of that community. Mm-hmm. But, so, all right. But um, uh, yeah, if you guys want to shoot us any feedback, you can send us an email, uh, the local meta at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at the local meta PC. Check out the website, the local meta.com. 
Um, and so another thing, actually kind of interestingly on topic, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how well this was planned, but um, uh, so uh, we're going to be putting together, um, I, have, I have a Discord channel that's just been sitting there like that I've been messing around with and everything. Uh, and I'm going to throw out an invite link for anyone who wants to hop in, talk magic or whatever uh, for the local meta. And uh, that will be up on thelocalmeta.com. I'll post it as an announcement on the main page, and then you can find it in the about pages or the, our links pages too, uh, with where everything else is. So, um, yeah, John, you have any anything else to say with that or anything else? Uh, the specific m- making sure we mentioned the Discord in this episode was absolutely planned by me. Okay. As soon as I decide, as soon as I mentioned doing an episode on teamwork or even just a. Um, a bonus episode about Call of Duty. I knew where I was going to make sure that that the Discord got brought up because it's been sitting derelict for a little too long. I have never did anything with it, so yeah. But I'm up. Uh, feel free to stop over. I'm usually floating around and I'm uh, in Discord whenever I'm at home, so probably catch me. But yeah, I'll, it'll be in the. Um, uh, I'll have. It, I'll post something on the main page, and then I'm. Uh, there'll also be a a link in the links page for that so the local meta.com all right john anything else nope sweet we did that one good then so um uh we'll catch you next time